Welcome to China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. In today's special episode, we sat down with Tursunay Zia Wadun, a Xinjiang concentration camp survivor. She recounts her experience inside the camp, how she got out, and what her decision to speak out is costing her family. Translating for her is Mr. Welly. Let's dive in. Tursunay Zia Wadun, thank you so much for joining us. Rahmat, alaikum. Thank you, Alaikum Aslam. It's great to be here. So recently in July, you found out after your activism in front of the UN that your family is suffering the consequences of that. And so it would be easier and almost safer to stay silent. But what keeps you going? This kind of unfairness abounds in vigor life. Uh, this is not the first time we've been the subject to this kind of uh, harassment or threat for a very long time, um, especially after what I went through, after I was be able to get out and I decided to continue and raise my voice about uh, what's happening, regardless what happened to my family. But this time it was very saddening. Regardless if I stop or not, what China has been doing to Uyghurs or what it will keep continuously doing to Uyghurs will not stop. That's the reason why I wanted to continue what I'm doing so far to raise awareness about what's happening to Uyghurs. Uh, this time they arrested my younger brother and a lot of uh, probably the entire family of mine has been under severe surveillance by armed Chinese police. It's very sad that what my family is going through right now. While I was in the camp, I've seen so many other young people like my brother have been killed in front of my eyes. That keeps me going. And especially after seeing like what China Chinese government did to my family uh, recently, which just gave me even more motivation to raise my voice about uh, what China is doing and what it is. Not only me, entire Uyghur community outside our homeland, subject to China's harassment, this kind of uh, hostage tactic, and by threatening, by torturing our family, China tries to torture us mentally as well. This has been the technique of China for a very long time. So it takes pleasure out of torching us in this way. And so you also mentioned what you went through, right? So you experienced firsthand what happens in these camps. So can you tell us exactly what happened? At the beginning, uh, so I, I thought like when I was detained, I thought it might have been a temporary thing. Uh, maybe probably after a couple of days, uh, I'll be released, I'll be allowed to go home uh, with this false hope um, after it lasts a couple of days or a couple of weeks, seeing what's happening inside. And uh, you always to a point where you realize this is not a mistake, this is not a temporary detainment. Uh, it was very well meditated, pre-planned, uh, very systematic, uh, the process of basically define Uyghurs from who they are, uh, what they believe in, even to a certain point after seeing or being through all of those torture inside. And uh, at some point, you will forget who you are or like if you can think anymore. Basically, your, your mentality, your may, uh, brain may just go blank. Um, 
and then at that point or after a while you realize um, so basically this was targeted attempt to completely eradicate or wipe out uh, Uyghurs. My oldest brother and my younger brother and myself were detained within one month, uh, within 30 days. Um, so all of those uh, false uh, false hope that I mentioned earlier in the beginning, uh, we thought like this is just temporary detainment and eventually will be released. But after seeing day after day uh, the tortures and the people dying in front of our eyes, um, especially females uh, being like uh, uh, sexually abused in front of others, in front of each other. Uh, so even I was uh, subject to such torture as well. Uh, they used uh, uh, electric baton, the, the electric uh, the stuff that uh, the police use to uh, torture us. Um, during one time while I was being tortured and uh, so I could still hear someone else who was being tortured near me was almost dying and I'm like to the, the executors to, to Chinese police discussing, oh, uh, seems like she's going to die. Uh, what do we do if she dies? And another one replied, oh, like our goal was to uh, kill them anyway, or make sure they cannot have baby any, uh, any, like any more, anyways. So it doesn't matter if she dies or not. Uh, that's okay. And then after a while, and like uh, you just couldn't take it, and you were to ask why you're doing this to me, like what have I done, and why you're torturing me like this, and uh, like sometimes just uh, tell to your face, oh, just because you're vigor. Uh, that's why you are doing this. Um, I can't even shoot you in the head right now. Even if you get killed, uh, no one is gonna like do anything to us uh, because the orders come came from uh, Xi Jinping. Um, and uh, not only my family, and there are millions of other families who has been subject to this uh, genocide. Um, although we are going through this day after day, but. Um, Inside of me, some part still like to believe justice prevails one day and hope the world will come to our rescue one day. And so from what you can tell, were the police Chinese or who who are the who are the police? Mostly Han Chinese police officers. There are some Uyghur uh, and Kazakh police as well. But usually they don't make the calls. They only follow the orders. And uh, sometimes they don't even arbitrarily dare to hit us if there is no order from the uh, Han Chinese uh, police officers. And one time, like, I was beaten to internal bleeding. And uh, I was starved for three days. After three days, one Kazakh police officer uh, brought some food to me. And I said, like, I'm not going to eat any food. Just Why don't you just go ahead and kill me instead of keep torturing me like this? And he said, don't do this. Just just eat the food. The Han Chinese officer came over and started to beat me. And also, I, I saw with my own eyes some 20-plus year uh, Uyghur female were raped by Han Chinese police. Usually, either Uyghur police officer or Kazakh police officer they don't dare to either help us or abuse us or rape us like that. Like any of the orders has to come from uh, Han Chinese police officers. 
and sometimes some people come over in costumes. If someone comes in costume, which means that person doesn't stay in, inside the camp a lot, probably just came to, to visit the camps, and whoever stays inside, usually in uniforms, and sometimes those kind of people will come and uh, rape the detainees, but all of them, regardless in the suits or of those kind of people, are Han Chinese. And so you mentioned in the beginning you thought it would be a short internment, basically. Did they ever give you a reason for why they held you? They never tell us why they detain us. Uh, in my scenario, uh, I was on my way to home with my husband after we had a dinner outside. And the two police officers came over. Uh, they said, we'll have a meeting for an hour or so. And also, they asked me to bring a couple of extra clothes. And um, I asked, if it's only for an hour of meeting, a lot, why do you want me to bring some extra clothes? And I said, oh, I'm just saying, if you don't want to bring, that's fine, just get in the car. And they took us. After took me, probably till 30 days, and I was even told why I was being held, why I was being detained. After 30 days, then they started came back saying, oh, it's like you visited Kazakhstan before, you did this, you did that, uh, some minor things like that. And like everyone, I usually the lie uh, to detain people. Just like uh, the invite to meeting or like to have a cup of tea, things like that. Once you get in the car, then usually that's the beginning of what's about to follow. While I was detained in that uh, facility or camp, each person had some kind of tag on like up our head about the bed, uh, saying uh, untrustworthy or mistrustful, things like that. Basically, they labeled everyone, every detainees with some kind of like tag or excuse. They never tell us why they're detaining. So the whole China society is full of lies. Just like the China has been deceiving, cheating the whole world, even up to this day, it's never honest, it never tells the truth, it just lies. It was the same case when we were detained. That was Trisune Ziawaden, and after the break, we hear more from her in just a minute here on China in Focus. Welcome back to China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. We hear more from Tursune Ziawadun, a Xinjiang concentration camp survivor, and translating for her, Mr. Welly. Let's dive in. And given all the hardship you endured in there, how did you get out eventually? We got married in Kazakhstan. And uh, my husband has Kazakhstan citizenship. After I was detained, initially they sentenced me for two years of prison time. Since like my husband has been pleading everywhere online to rescue me, after ten months, the police came and said, "Oh, so you got married in Kazakhstan, and uh, your husband has Kazakhstan citizenship." And I said yes, and uh, so they decided to release me so that I can uh, reunite with my family in Kazakhstan. Even after 10 months, I was released. I couldn't still get my passport. It took another nine months to 
reissue the passport, and um, I was warned that like you, we'll, we'll only give you two months of time. You can go to Kazakhstan and meet your family within two months. You need to come back, and if you don't come back, Kazakhstan government will hand you over to us anyways. And I said, yes, okay. After I went to Kazakhstan, I knew if I go back then, it would be the same thing. And uh, the United States uh, State Department get involved, rescued me or took me to the United States to save from that suffering. Before I left Kazakhstan, the Chinese police took me to every each of my family member either immediate or remote. They took me to all of my families and uh, they wanted them to sign on some kind of voucher saying if she leaves here, she's not gonna say anything she saw or she's been through or she witnessed inside the camps. And if she does say anything about what she saw, then the family member who are signing would be held responsible for what she said outside after leave quote unquote China from our homeland. So what's happening to them now could be because what they signed at the beginning when I was released, saying if uh, whatever Tuzani says or did, they would be responsible. Maybe that's why. And uh, the Chinese government is so despicable. Basically, he already pre-planned everything. He planned every step of the way. Uh, so either I have to stay mute and don't talk about what, what I saw, what I witnessed, or if I say then my family would be quote-unquote legally detained because they violated something they, uh, they signed on, uh, on paper. And given all these human rights abuses happening to you, your family, and just Uyghurs in general, what can the U.S. and other free countries do to help? First of all, we would like to ask the United States and the whole world not to trust China anymore. About the slave labor, a lot of videos, a lot of uh, facts have been exposed, but it's still going on. Recently, Uyghurs have been placed as uh, kind of like a guards outside to watch the doors, security guards style. And some of them were placed as a street sweepers. And regardless what position they're in, without any kind of compensation at all, basically they work for free. And not only some Chinese police officer or like Chinese official, even the regular Chinese people on the street can come and beat them to the floor and call them all kinds of names, like your dog, you're less than human, all kinds of abusing words, and nothing happens to them, and they won't be held responsible for what they do. And uh, so Uyghurs can do nothing except the reality that, like, so that's the current situation. They can't even resist if, if the, those even regular Chinese people are beating them on the street. If someone has two daughters, they have to marry at least one of them to Han Chinese male. Otherwise, their names will be on the terrorist list. So when China is part of a lot of world organizations, namely United Nations, WHO, WTO, all big names, when they join those organizations, they promise to follow the rules, just like any, any other Western countries or democratic countries in the world. But after they join, 
they never honor what the agreed upon at the beginning. That's also another uh, like cheating lie in the world. So this is not only a responsibility of one or two or countries, or they should not act as an individual one or two countries at a time. The whole world should stand together and speak up saying, since you join these organizations, you either have to follow the rules or get out of these organizations. And uh, so we don't want to interact with you in any form any longer. So all of those things happening to Uyghurs, uh, it's not being stopped yet. The world still hasn't made up their mind what to do or how to stop this genocide or atrocity of what's happening to Uyghurs. Um, currently, for any Uyghur, um, if he just uh, die like that, what's happening to Uyghur land? or if you stand up a fight, it's going to be the same result. Uh, so basically, either way, uh, we would rather be dead than watching all of those happening to our people, regardless back in homeland or outside in the Western democratic world. But still, we hope one day uh, world uh, stand up to justice and uh, stop what China is doing to Uyghurs and Kazakhs and um, all of the people who have been suffering in the past. Even being outside, uh, so all the Uyghurs, like including myself, especially myself, uh, I haven't been able to speak to my family for three years. Uh, there are thousands of Uyghurs outside who cannot speak to their families. Um, if there is any freedom, just like China has been spreading its propaganda, like how democratic it is, how much freedom Uyghurs are getting, why Uyghurs can get the passport and uh, just go to anywhere they want, just like any other regular person in the world, and why can't we contact our families without worrying about what's going to happen to them? And also, uh, United States government uh, has been kind enough to pass some laws related to forced uh, uh, forced Uyghur labor. But whenever I visit any of the stores in the United States, I can still see every shop I visited still filled with Made in China products. And if the United States is really serious about it, how for such a powerful country like the United States, it's possible that all of its shops are filled with uh, made in China products that could very probably uh, made with the, uh, the slave labor. Um, so if the United States really wants to help, uh, first of all, it should stop buying anything from China. So get rid of anything made in China from the United States. When and only when uh, world send this strong signal saying like, we're not gonna do any business with you until you stop your crimes. China will never stop. And uh, Uyghurs are not gonna be the last people China wiped out. Even if one day we get wiped out today, China won't stop there. Uh, there will be a next nation and next nation and next nation until the China swallows the whole world. And it's been planning this and it's acting on its plan. And uh, so we won't be the last nation wiped out by China if the world keeps doing business, taking China's stuff, uh, just because what's happening to us 
has nothing to do with them. Thank you so much for joining us. First of all, thank you for having me. And uh, in the past four years, I've been crying, uh, seeing all the things that I went through um, inside the camps. And uh, after four years, it's just like, um, it's sad to see um, it, it hasn't stopped yet. But after four years, I realized uh, I should become a fighter instead of uh, uh, just um, telling my story, what happened, and crying in front of others. Uh, I should stand and fight, and I hope the world don't just stand by and uh, join our fight against the uh, the fascist China as well. And my country was occupied, and like now, my my people are suffering on our homeland. Um, I we are we believe in God. God created us all, and we believe. God is not going to just watch and like let everything happen. Um, we firmly believe one day this will end. Uh, but before that happens, uh, I will keep fighting and hopefully the whole world uh, stand up to justice and support us in this fight and fight along with us as well. And uh, thank you for your support. And please keep raising awareness about what's happening to Uyghurs. Well, thank you. <laughs> that was Tursune Ziawadan and Mr. Welly translating for her. Thanks for watching China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer, and see you soon.